0: Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition All the way to the most cutting edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet. Featuring a comprehensive 70 video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And One more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours Period. End of story. There's no 6 or 12 month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go at your own pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. And now on with our show. So today's episode is with a very close friend of mine and just a powerhouse of a human being, Reverend Arlene Hilton. And she's an amazing individual that leads the Living Food Ministry at Agape, which is the non-denominational spiritual center in Culver City, Los Angeles, led by Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. And you probably know of Michael Beckwith from movies such as The Secret. And he's become quite famous over the world as of the last um, decade or so. And Reverend Arlene is one of the Top, uh, I guess you would say, um, practitioner leaders of the Agape um, ministry of the entire organization, but she's so much more than just that. And she's really just, I, I mean, there's so much I could say about her because of my personal relationship to her, but specifically to this interview wow, what an incredible conversation this was. I'm so, so happy that I got the opportunity to get her on the on the Skype call to have this this conversation at the time that we did and then for me to be able to listen to it over and over is amazing for my own purposes because I am just knee deep in my own transformation on a daily basis. But to be able to gift that and share that with each one of you is a real jewel. And I know that you're going to love this conversation. Um, Just a little side note. um, I've spoken at Agape about three times now at the live food ministry that Reverend Arlene Hilton um, organizes every other Sunday over there. So if you are in Los Angeles, Every other Sunday, they do a live food ministry, which is basically taking living food, vegan focused um, chefs and educators and bringing them into Agape and educating uh, people. They're educating the practitioners and the fellowship on how to create living foods. I just, I'm so amazed that they do that. It's the only spiritually related organization that I'm aware of that actually has not just a health-based, uh, community and education center, but actually a living vegan foods education, um, you know, uh, system, you know, to educate everybody on the power of living foods and the subtle energies of your food, which ultimately become your mind, which ultimately become the consciousness that you are working with each and every day. And that's really what Reverend Arlene's work is all about in the first place. So without further ado... Enjoy this conversation between me and Reverend Arlene Hilton of the Agape Ministry. Enjoy. Rev. Arlene Hilton is the spiritual director of the Safe Harbor Women's Treatment Center in Costa Mesa for over the last six years, and for the past seven years, the director of Odyssey, Agape's young adult ministry. She is also director of the Living Foods Ministry, in which she brings in raw food chefs and specialists teaching nourishing ways of eating for our community. For the past 16 years, she has directed Teen Agape using spiritual principles to support our youth in living a joyful and fulfilled life. She is also the director of the Young Women's Mentoring Program, Inside Out, at Agape International Spiritual Center in Culver City, California, of which Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith is her spiritual teacher. Arlene is a lover of life and a lover of God. And with that, I'm so grateful to have you on.
1: I'm grateful to be here. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, this is a super cool uh, platform to bring on incredible luminaries such as yourself and people from all different kinds of backgrounds, walks of life, um, different expertise,s on kind of all over the board, but. I'm really interested in bringing the, the, the uniqueness of everybody and then localizing it into the central point, which I guess could really be simplified as a love for life.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, that that means a lot to me to be able to be here and, and to know that you you see me as a luminary. That's that's a gift. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're lit up. You are glowing every time. I mean, I've I've we've known each other for you know I think maybe almost like half a decade when I came to LA and then. We got connected and you invited me to be one of the speakers at one point for the live food ministry to teach everybody about chocolate and superfoods. And then that created more opportunities to teach there, which was just so incredible for me because I have loved the Agape spiritual ministry for so long. Um, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith has been Just one of those mentors for me from a distance, and then through being invited to uh, participate in the education at Agape through the Life Food Ministry, that put me closer in touch with the Agape community, which is just, you know, it's just super invaluable for me. So I really appreciate that.
1: Well, absolutely. And I I love bringing you in. Reverend Michael likes chocolate, by the way, so that that helps, right? <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> the fact that chocolate could be um, used in a medicinal way, and it can be healthy. That's even better. And so I'm grateful that you said yes to coming in. And, and I also went to one of your your events, uh, that mm-hmm. couple of your events, where you created these wonderful chocolate drinks. So we just had to have you there and everyone everyone loved you being there Ronnie. They just loved it. So that was that was a wonderful experience. And actually you did it twice. You you came in twice. So that was wonderful and I know when you get um tired of being in Hawaii and you want to come <laughs> back to LA. I don't know if that's possible for you to get tired of Hawaii, <laughs> but uh would love to have you back in.
0: Yeah, well, you know it's funny because it's it's because of things like agape that I would be interested in coming back to L.A. for any reason, like that's one of the pulls for me because my prime directive in life is spirituality and, and conscious exploration and refining the expression of, in my case, um, the masculine essence that I was born with. And so that's become actually the focal point of my life. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on because I want to dive into, you know, a a lot of the the dynamics that that naturally surround Agape, but I want to hear it directly from you, your interpretations, what you've learned, what you teach. I mean, there's there's a a number of directions I want to go in with you. But before we do all that, I would love to just explore who Reverend Arlene Hilton is, you know, what, what inspired you to um, do the work you're doing now? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Mm. Well, wow, that's a long story. So I'll, I'll keep it short. You know, it's interesting when I get questions like this brought to me, because I look at my just the way I have always been, I look, I look back a lot at my childhood and who I was as a, as a child. And I have friends in my life who have known me for like 30 years or, you know, 35 years. I have a a friend who's known me since elementary school. So I get to get feedback from them, you know. And I was always a, a person who was curious about just the expansion of life, life itself. And I remember as a teenager asking myself the question how is it I can hear myself speaking and my mouth isn't moving? That was like the big question for me as a teenager. I was like, what is that? How is this possible? And I believe that question is what what has driven me to knowing that there's something greater than myself and that something greater than myself is a part of who I am. And it's not only a part of me, it actually expresses itself as me. And as every individual and every living thing, and that I am here to express it in the most expansive way, and I I also have a, uh, a mandate, and the mandate I've been given is that I must honor the temple that this living presence is, I must honor it, and that's why I, I wound up moving into eating more living foods and I've always be, believed in service, so we're here to serve humanity, is what I feel. So I've always volunteered and, and I've always given in, in that kind of way. And I believe, I don't believe in making anything happen. I believe in being in the flow of life. So as I've served, I've just walked into every area of my life. None of what I'm doing right now in my life did I plan. It was all through serving. And allowing life to unfold. And I feel at this point in my life that I am the most satisfied with myself as who I am in the world as I've ever been. And I believe, you know, our tagline for Agape is we're simply we're here for God, but it's also to be a beneficial presence on the planet. And I believe that's the life I'm living, that if I can serve and help one person— Live a greater life, then that's why I'm here.
0: Mm. I really love that, and that that phrase to be a beneficial presence on the planet that had been kicking in for me a little more, or it's become more solidified inside of me a little more recently. You know, just quick, just a quick aside. Um, you know, like I said, I had been following the teachings of Reverend Beckwith and the Agape Ministry for many, probably a decade, but not until very recently had certain, I like to call them codes, cracked inside of me. Um, you know, you can look at that as certain walls or barriers, certain ways that I have been outwitting that spiritual impulse to fully fill me up. Um, And this is actually a thing I I think would be a great direction to explore with you. My experience as of recently was that I thought that I loved my life previous to this chapter of what I do now, and I I was spun out of it by certain circumstances, and I was called to do something different. And in that calling... It was a little bit turbulent simply because I didn't have um, a goal or a specific, um, like, uh, I guess you would say I didn't have a defined um, goal or reason that I could put my finger on. I just felt an impulse Mm kind of nudging me in a new direction. And recently, I have come to a level of awakening within myself that um, through different meditation and spiritual practice, I had allowed... A lot of that, I call it God force energy. That pure, that pure energy um, that we all want to express more of. I, I had allowed enough of it to reach me, but there was still some barriers that I that were kind of like blind spots. So, you know, like when we get triggered or we have friction in our life, we have stagnation, like you mentioned, like I don't believe in making things happen. I allow them to flow through. So I had just recently come to more of an understanding that in certain ways, I had been blocking the flow from emerging through, and and by tapping back into the teachings of Agape and, and Reverend Beckwith, um, it's something opened up in me recently, and it's like it's like a how do you say it? it's like a it's like a geyser. It's just like pouring through me. There's like as far as I can see, there's no there's no like um, uh, there's no blockade, like it's all pouring through me and now I'm just allowing things to flow. So um, I would like to discuss with you just that concept. You know, a lot of people feel as we're on this spiritual path of growth, a lot of times we come up against these brick walls and a lot of times we we go inward and we have shame or we have blame or we don't think that we're really deserving of the things that we want. So that kind of holds us back. You know, like I would really need to touch in on that concept if that if that's clear enough.
1: Well, from what I'm hearing you saying, you're talking about those um character defects they talk Thank about. Thank you. In, okay? Thank you. And um the character defects to me are actually uh egoic and they're made by the egoic self. Yet I do believe that as we understand more and more that we're one with this creative force, we're one with this presence, we're one with this power. Once we reach this understanding and we really tap into it and we stand in the power of it, there is no room for shame. There is no room for guilt. There's no room for doubt because this oneness, this one presence, this one power that is eternal knowing that it expresses itself as its own creation that means that it is my birthright there's a birthright here that is, that it is my birthright mm. to overcome the human experience because I'm not just a human being I'm a spiritual being and when I tap into the spiritual self through prayer through meditation through visioning which is a technique that Reverend Michael has has taught our community these particular Modalities bring us into the awareness of this oneness. And, you know, I have a saying to love myself is to love my God. Mm. And when I'm questioning who I am and when I'm questioning all these things, I'm basically saying to the universe, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yet, every, <laughs> you know, yet every planet is in its right place. This earth is the right distance from the sun to sustain life. All these things are going on, but yet I think I, I, I don't think I have everything I need. That's, Mm. that's like insane thinking. Yes. So as I become more conscious and aware of my oneness with the greatest creative, creative force that is beyond alpha and beyond omega, then I, I walk into the knowing that anything unlike, unlike good cannot exist for me. (laughs) And so that's, that's my understanding I, I did. I answer the question
0: absolutely. And um, so, what also what I get from that is along the lines of no matter. You know, this is how I reinterpret it: is that no matter what the exterior circumstances appear to be, that doesn't sway me egoically into these these maybe these these disguises of victimhood. These mm-hmm. these self. Um, inflicting uh, judgments I could say that all of us that all of us go through um, you're you're no longer swayed by the current of outside circumstances because you're anchored into your spiritual practice you know who you are first and foremost so no matter what's going on outside of me you can like reformat it to say that well there's something shifting in in my reality that's aligning for my greatest good mm-hmm
1: Okay. So, so yes. And, and this is the deal. We are not just human beings. We're spiritual beings in the human condition Mm -hmm. and the spiritual self is far greater than any circumstantial situation. Circumstances change, but the spirit of who we are stays the same. Mm -hmm. And so that spiritual self is whole. I believe the reason we exist is to bring that spiritual self into the human condition Therefore, we overcome the human condition more quickly, more easily, more more effortlessly, and we get to experience this human life in a more vast way. Mm.
0: Okay, I love it. So it's kind of like what I've noticed in the, you know, themes of religion or different spiritual context. Um, Oftentimes, people will take an either-or perspective where it's all material. That's kind of like... The Newtonian, very materialistic science that the Western world has adopted. And then the Eastern world is very much the esoteric, um, exploration that a lot of times can seem ungrounded from certain, um, perspectives. Uh, what I'm getting from, from this conversation is that we seek to integrate those two, those two, seemingly extreme perspectives into one. So when you're in your physical body, you're physically grounded so you can go about your day and do the things that you do, but you have a spiritual awareness with you.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And the spiritual self is, the spiritual awareness you're speaking of is innate within us. We just have to turn our attention to it more often. You know, Reverend Michael says, um what you're interested in is interested in you <laughs> and so as we become more conscious of and more interested in deepening ourselves and becoming more conscious of the spiritual self which is far more far greater than the human existence uh as we become more conscious of that we live more liberated more free
0: mm. yeah that's oh, I, I chuckled for a minute um Because one of the things that Reverend Beckwith has said that really caught my interest was this idea of when you're disinterested in drama, you won't be experiencing drama anymore because you're actually not interested in that.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, some people think, you know, the more drama they have, the more they're alive. It's a misconception. Yet, um, actually, the more peace you have, the more alive you are. And that means you're more in tune with with nature. You're more in tune with life. You know, I say all the time that we're not a part of life. I am not a part of life. I am life. I am life itself. And we are here to express life in its fullness. And all the things in the human condition that we have allowed in our life, including, and I don't say lives, I say life, because there's only one life, many, many ways of living the one life, but all the ways we have been bamboozled into believing what we can see, taste, smell, touch, and hear is all there is. You know, <laughs> More people are waking up now. They're waking up to understanding. You know, one of the things I say to people is if we were only human, then if we lost a limb or if we lost our sight or if we lost our hearing, we would lose our existence. We wouldn't exist anymore. We would just die, mm-hmm. you know? But yet there are people who can't see, can't speak. There are people who can't walk, who have lost their limbs, and they still live. Why is that? Because we're more than just our physicality. And I believe that we are now, more people are waking up to understanding we are spiritual beings and the intuitive self is direct God, direct spirit, direct higher power. I don't care what you, what you call it. It's about 130 names, <laughs> same thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> call it the force. Whatever you want to call it, it exists, and we're here to express it. That's that's what I know for sure.
0: Yeah, and I thank you for, for saying that so so clearly, and I feel the same way. And I I do like to use the word the force because it brings back my – you know, inclinations about Star Wars and everything. Um,
1: oh yeah, that was spiritual. So which, was Matrix. So was yeah. so was the Wizard of Oz. You know, I mean, I could keep on going down the list of all the spiritual Willy messes.
0: Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I actually own
1: those. I own two. I own the old, the original, and I own the new version. Which one's your favorite? You know what I. Because of new technology, I love the new one, but I love the old one, too. I mean, I say they're equal for me. (laughs) I
0: I remember um, before the last time I spoke at Agape, you had messaged me and you said that you had just watched um, the Gene Wilder version. And you, you drew the correlation about, I think it was the seven deadly sins, right?
1: Yes, yes. I don't know where I come up with these things. Well, I, no, I,
0: I I, never made that connection. But then I told my friend uh, Jason Henson, who, I'm, who you know, and I told him, I was like, hey, have you ever thought about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's what that was about. I was it was like, all oh, about
1: that. Okay. Was I was like,
0: that. all right, I thought it was something else. I got
1: it. <laughs> well, because each child had this, their issues, you know, that they had to deal with and overcome. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that – there's so many hidden messages in movies. And that's why I'm conscious of what kind of movies I watch and what I'm looking at because, you know, these things are going into my subconscious mind and do I really want to put that in my mind, you know? so Great point. that um,
0: You know, I think that bridges something for me. I, I've, I've talked recently about this idea of creating a suggestive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question people get is like, Oh, am I being programmed? And I, I often respond, Well, it's not really a matter of if you're being programmed. It's a matter of how and how aware of it you are. Um, and the, the basic environment that we have, whether that be our relationships, um, the, maybe the posters on our wall or whatever the case is. It's kind of a suggestive environment. It's subliminally suggesting different messages to us. Um, I'd love to hear like how you, how you, you know, I, I, I can think of Agape, for example, sitting in Agape, and it's very obvious what the suggestive environment there is, and it's magnificent. Is this an idea that you've, you've thought about in your own personal living
1: space? I believe your home should be your sanctuary. And it's so interesting you're speaking about that because it's a Monday and um, I spent my entire day cleaning my home. I mentioned to you a little bit of an incident where I had a, I had a leak in my wall from my, from my um, neighbor. And when they opened up the wall, everything was wet. And, and they tried to cover it all back up while all the insulation was still wet in the wall. And I had to deal with that, and I had to get another plumber to talk to this plumber. But long story short, they finally closed it all up. I I wasn't feeling well while that was going on. My entire environment was in disarray, and it affected me. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's taken me, I would say, five entire days to get my apartment back into its proper placement because I had to wash every dish, every cup, every knife, every fork, every book had to be dusted. And I have hundreds of books. And um and so anyway, today I, I got to a point where I feel I feel more centered. But my home is my sanctuary. And I live in Inglewood. I live in, in, in you know, I would say the city. And um and I I have even beautified the environment around my building. I've added succulents and things like that because I feel that it's an outpicturing of my consciousness, Mm. an outpicturing of who I am. And so I have about, I don't know, four salt lamps and I have Buddha. I I have beauty all around me because I believe God is beauty. Mm-hmm. and and that's how god expresses itself as a as a rose when it opens the beauty of a rose or the you know seeing children play in a park or looking up the sky and seeing the color of the sky See, so you probably see some amazing sunsets and sunrises in hawaii and and uh i believe yeah. that that needs to be in my home
0: mm. yeah i think that's a really profound insight um and you know, on top of that, what what uh, what kind of came up for me that I'd like to explore with you is this this idea around um, I guess you could say goal setting as a basic starting point um, because obviously people are very familiar with the concept of goal setting. It's very kind of clear cut um, cut and dry, but. When the teachings of Agape comes in, like, Reverend Beckwith takes it so much further to the idea of life visioning and allowing, essentially, to become the very thing that you're seeking to, quote-unquote, obtain or to achieve, and um, I really want to explore this with you, um, and I'll set it off with this kind of um, context. In one of the recent interviews, I was talking with uh, with a brother, Elijah Ray, who's... um just a brilliant musician and one of the ideas we were talking about is whenever you're you're walking down a path in life, there's a potential timeline and you wanna be very aware of the type of person that it would be that it would require you to become in order to get to the place you wanna be, because you might end up becoming a person you don't wanna be down the road in order to get this thing that you think you want.
1: Mm. Okay, so that's a little interesting what you're saying. Have you? There's a movie called The Moses Code where where yes. Reverend Michael yes. speaks in that movie, but this is what I understand. I'll, I, first, I'll tell you this movie quote, and then I'll tell you a little bit about about uh, visioning. So, I remember Reverend Michael saying that he first said yes, and at the point where you say yes, you're not entirely who you're saying yes to yet, you're not there yet, but you say yes. And then as you continue to say yes to whatever it is you're saying yes to, you will evolve into it, but you don't, you're not necessarily the person that can has the capacity for what you're saying yes to in that particular moment. So to me, what that means is that my yes is so big and so powerful that when I, whatever I say yes to, so say I say yes to traveling the world and speaking in different countries. I may not have the capacity to do that right now, today, but I'm saying yes to it, Right. and as I continue to go forward, it will happen. So all of a sudden you get a particular phone call and, or all of a sudden someone shows up that, you know, and you express it to them and they say, Oh, by the way, I have a friend in Japan that needs this. And next thing you know, you're on your way. That's what I believe. Now, visioning is, is, is some people don't know the difference between visualization and visioning. Visualization is you have an idea in your mind of what you want and you visualize it. Visioning is capturing your higher power, God, spirit's idea of what it is, meaning you're going beyond your own intellectual thinking and you are capturing this idea from a greater awareness. So it's not what your idea is of the situation or what it is you want. It is what's the greater expanding knowing. So you almost go into a meditative state when you're asking these questions and then the intuitive self brings forth the answer. And so there's a difference. The, and I just want to be clear on that, that visualization is what you want. And that's where goal setting comes in. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, God is in the details. Mm-hmm. So you say yes. Now, this is my understanding. This is how I express it. First of all, I accept what it is I want. So acceptance begins first. Then I say yes to it. Once I say yes to it, I continue to say yes to it, and then all of a sudden, by right of my own consciousness, things will show up, Mm. and they will show up in a mighty way. So I'm just going to make this great example. Two years before I started working at my treatment center, I was working in the teen room, and I said to my teens, because they know my life, I said, I am ready to release being a makeup artist. I'd been a makeup artist for At that point, 25 years. And I said to them, I don't know what it is I'm going to do next, but I'm saying yes. And my teens were like, oh, cool, okay. Now, I'm working, I'm working, I'm still doing cosmetics, I'm still a regional makeup artist, I'm still traveling. I still have all these fine stores, Saks, Barneys, Neiman's, I'm traveling all over. I go to a women's retreat and... I they asked me now this is the first year they've asked me to do the prayer because there's many people there who can do it ministers they asked me to do the the prayer for the women's retreat now this women's retreat happens every year it's a powerful retreat and I do the design for it but this year they said you're going to do the design but we also want you to do a prayer at the end and uh, it's the agape women's retreat and I say yes of course I do the closing prayer. And after I'm done, a woman walks up to me and she says, you're the one. And I'm like, you're the one. What? <laughs> for? What? And she says, I am the director. I'm the owner of Safe Harbor Women's Treatment Center. And I spirit told me you're the one. Wow. I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you know, I don't know. I don't have the capacity. Now my ego gets in. And I said, look, I'm leaving the country. I'm going to go visit my mother. My mother was alive at the time. I, I left the country, went to Jamaica. I was gone for 19 days. I come back to America. I just happened to look on my Facebook, which I'm very rarely on. I get on, and she had found me on Facebook. <laughs> she said, just, I was living in the valley. That It was a 112-mile drive, round trip. To go, she said, just come on out, interview. I went out and interviewed. Long story short, I've been working there six years now. Mm. Okay? So that's what I mean about being in the flow. I said yes. I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew there was something greater that wanted to happen through me. And these past six years have been the most expansive years of my life. At some point, I'd love to come back on and talk to you about my understandings of addiction because they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know this. I know that I said yes to it, and it showed up.
0: Yeah, it's so fantastic. I can relate I can relate impeccably to that explanation, um, and I won't go into a whole story about it, but just that it's kind of like for me— I think the reason I resonated so deeply with movies like The Secret um, when I was about 19 years old or so is because I, I had an aha moment. I realized, wow, I had actually been doing this unconsciously at some yes. point. Like as an athlete, I had i a vision, an impulse took over me and started creating – you know visioning inside of my mind and then it started pulling me towards this thing and i found myself in the gym i found myself in the martial arts dojo on the basketball court like it just it just took over me and then and then that yes that you're talking about this is what i how i interpret it that yes factor is like the activation of all that potential that's built up to that point where you say yes you open the
1: floodgates absolutely absolutely and you don't have to be ready for the yes when you say it uh. you just have to know that this is that you're saying yes to this particular way of being even right you know i remember not too long ago this was recent because i believe i'm always expanding and growing and the day i stop i'm in trouble you know uh, but but i remember one day saying i want to hug like ama uh-huh. And I hugged someone. I went to see Ama once. I'm not one of those people that feels like I have to go back a million times. Like (laughs) I hugged her one time, and it felt like a thousand people were hugging me at the same time. It was the most amazing experience I had. And I remembered recently I held someone. I hugged someone, and they said, wow, that is such a great hug. And I just realized, I said yes to it. I'm not Ama, but... I wanted to hug the way she hugged where she just embraces you. And, and, and I, I felt you feel held, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly showing people how to hug because some people will pat, pat you on the back. And I said, okay, no pats, just hold me. And they'll look at me like, what? I said, yeah, just hold me. And so I go back in, I give them a hug heart to heart. And they go, wow, I feel the difference. And so, you know, one little thing I said yes to has actually become a major part of my, what I do. You know, I like to embrace people and hold them and let them know, hey, you're loved. So, and I have to be conscious of what I'm saying yes to also, because sometimes we say yes to things and we're unconsciously Mm -hmm. saying yes to something that we really don't want in our life. So I'm very conscious and aware of my words and, and what I'm saying yes to, because sometimes we say yes to hurt and sometimes we say mm-hmm. yes to failure and sometimes we say yes to complacency. So I have to be really conscious of what I'm doing. I think it's we have to be awake always.
0: Wow, that, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about when to take that direction. And what, what I get from you, Arlene, and what I have gotten from you when I see you, you set intentions at events, you say prayers I'm, I'm, um, I'm, uh, uh, I notice your level of clarity in your communication. The words are very intentional. And like in this interview, you're very intentional about what you're saying and, this is something that I've been reflecting back to myself um, using my world as a feedback system and then looking at like okay, where am I not being clear in my self communication? where am I saying yes to something, but then you know doing something completely contrary to that right um, old habits and stuff um, so I know for me okay that's a refinement um, so how how important. Is it uh, that we have that that self-communication and we begin to refine that for ourselves?
1: Well, I go back to the Genesis, first sentence, if I'm not mistaken, where it says, in the beginning was the word. And what that really meant was, it was actually a mistranslation. In Aramaic, it's in the beginning was the vibration because word is vibration when you speak you can feel the vibration as your vocal cords are moving it's vibrational and I came into the understanding. Now, when I first came into these kind of teachings, I was with religious science. And uh, they talked about words and how powerful words are. And I was very conscious of my words. And I was with them. Also, then I moved into unity. And then I moved into Johnny Coleman, who was an amazing spiritual teacher who transitioned last year. And it was very emphasized on our spoken word. And that word has power. I see a lot of people throw words around, even in sarcasm and joking Mm -hmm. there's a saying that we used to say the universe doesn't know you're joking (laughs) right so I said okay I I really want to be conscious in my word I I studied a lot of absolutists people who were absolute in their word people were healed by their word and so I really made the conscious decision that I wanted to be aware of what I was saying and I wanted to be an excellent communicator and I I don't make jokes about certain things. I don't, you know, I'm, I joke around, as you know, <laughs> but I don't, there's certain things I don't joke around with, you know, I see people say things like, oh, I'm so stupid, or mm. I can't believe I did that, or, oh my God, I'm so dumb, or I hear them say things like that, and I go, what are you saying? Because what you put with your I am is very powerful. I mean, the first Moses, the first thing Moses heard was, I am that I am. And so I'm conscious of what, of what I put with I am. If people say to me, are you sick? I go, I am healing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because someone actually got mad at me one day. She said, you may not want to admit that you're sick, but I'm sick. And I said, you can admit what you can say, whatever you want to say for yourself. But I know I am healing. And isn't it interesting that someone would defend being sick rather than stand for healing?
0: It's just amazing. It's it's a fascinating thing actually. In my world, I am ever more aware because I work with a lot of people that have cancer and have these these very serious conditions and and I notice more and more, especially women when I talk to them, I create their protocol later. Like I really dive into them and their and I find the commonality is they have possible um, sexual repression or relationship issues. They basically have an encasement around their heart. And what you're saying about how we oftentimes will joke in a form of self-deprec- uh, self-deprecation, a lot of times I feel like we do that as some kind of defense mechanism um, for not really being vulnerable, not acknowledging some of these things that come up for ourselves so we can ultimately transmute them. Um, it is very fascinating because I'm very, I'm convinced at this point that underneath every single physical manifestation of what we call a symptom is the emotional repression or stagnation that hasn't been, um, you know, in, in, you know, this context, hasn't been properly communicated.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. And remember something we're, I believe we're three-dimensional beings. We're spiritual, mental, physical. Now I know they put the emotional in. I get that, but the emotional is a part of the physical. So we're spiritual, mental, physical. It's all connected. So I just completed a, a 47 day fast. It's called I'm keeping true. It's a program that I created and I've been every year. I've launched this program for the past eight years at agape and it's done phenomenal. And the par program is layered where we're doing spiritual work, we're doing mental work, and we're doing physical work. And it's very powerful. And eight years is really a long time for us because in our community we do a lot of things. We're creative, we're organic, we do a lot of things. We're always new, new, new. This has lasted eight years because people have seen such great benefit from it, and, and many people like tradition, And so it's become a tradition in the community. I do it during the season of Lent, but I also do it during the season of Ramadan, which is 30 days. Um, And so what's been powerful about that is really looking at ourselves and honoring ourselves daily on a spiritual level, on a mental level, and a physical level. And, And everyone who joins has to go vegan. Yes. So they have to do vegan, <laughs> vegan, raw, or vegan cooked. No animal products in their diet. And the reason I choose that for the physical is because meat, dairy, all animal secretions, in my understanding, are are always in their low density. Mm. And low density foods in our bodies limit us, and we're light beings. So I I recommend foods that are living, and if you're eating cooked, add living foods to your to what you're eating. And it's amazing the breakthroughs that people are having as they deepen their prayer work, as they go vegan, and as they deepen their meditation. It's very powerful.
0: Thank you again for bringing this up. Um, this is one of the things in the line of work that I do, um, you know, in my communication of my unfoldment, I would like to say that I've gotten a depth of clarity on what I'm actually doing um, because for me, being in the diet world, it is unbearably, um, for lack of a more cordial way of saying it, annoying to see all the diet conflicts and the different rationales for this and that. And I've kind of come to a place of like, wow, like everyone has a logical explanation for their proposed. Diet or lifestyle, but it's but so much of it is missing the mark of actually why we put certain foods into our body in the first place. And for me personally, my message is really about fueling the um, your human potential and your spiritual potential, so you can actually focus your spiritual energy on what you want to create authentically. And so the agape environment to me is like is, is the ultimate, um, integration of what I personally hope to continue to expand in the world because you guys bring in, obviously your world renowned for the spiritual and self-empowerment component. But a lot of people don't know that you have a living foods ministry, you know, for a lot of people that might tune in, this might be the first time that they actually get that connection. So, uh, I would love for you to talk about, um, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but, but. How did the Living Foods Ministry start and, and um, yeah, like how, how is that impacting people's lives?
1: Well, the Living Foods Ministry started before me. I've been in the community 16 years, yet the Living Food Ministry started before I came on board. Mm-hmm. And I know that Reverend Michael is vegan and uh, Ricky is vegan, his, his wife. And she's also the greatest genius um, music writer I've ever met. And she, what happened was the person who was in charge of that particular ministry kind of moved out of that position and moved away and got another job. And I was going to be the ambassador for the ministry. I was vegan at the time, but I was just going to be the ambassador until a new director came in. And then I heard... from the grapevine that not even Reverend Michael himself, but someone said, Hey, we need your information. Reverend Michael has you as the director of the living foods ministry. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm supposed to be the ambassador. But the truth was I was living it. You know, I was living the living foods ministry already. So it wasn't hard to step in yet. What I realized is living organic food is high vibrational food and that our bodies resonate with it. And that, we, for me, it brings more clarity. I'm more clear. My body's not spending this time trying to digest something that it's not even made to digest. It doesn't even, you know, m- my body is taking in all the nourishment and all the all that the the foods that I'm eating because they're living, organic, vegan foods. They're taking it in, and I just wanted more people to know about it. So I've brought in some of the most amazing people to teach in this in this class once a month and it's phenomenal. So, so you've been there and, uh, quite a few people have come. Koya Webb has been there. She's amazing. And we've had Steve Factor there and we've had so many amazing, I, I just, wow. Some of the most amazing people, Dr. Um, chef AJ has been there. There's so many that, um, chef, um, uh, Madube, who did soul food, vegan, raw soul food. We've just had so many. Um, uh, Debbie Mazur is going to be in. Mm -hmm. Deborah Mazur is going to be in next month. And we're actually going to talk about the, the Jewish traditions. And she's bringing in some living food dishes for that. There's so many. I, I feel a little interesting about not remembering everyone be right now off the top of my head. But there's been so many powerful. The owner of Sun Caf- Cafe um, here in California, uh, Ron, has been in. There's just been the most amazing people, and the community is open to it. They're open to more living foods in their in in their eating. I don't I don't even use the word diet. I apologize, but I don't even use that word. Yeah. It's clean eating, it's healthy eating, and it really supports us on what we're here for. As we honor the temple, this is our living vehicle, then we can get to go out in the world and deliver what we're here to deliver. If we're not taking care of the temple, then we can't get out in the world and do what we're here to do. That's how I feel. I feel there's a direct connection that there's no separatism between the spiritual, mental, physical. It's all from the same Source It's all one, and we have to honor our whole self to live holy. We have to honor our, honor our whole self, W-H-O-L, you know, W-H-O-L-Y, whole, E, whole self, to live wholly, H-O-L-Y, you know? So that's what I feel.
0: Yeah, I, it reminds me of a, a Reverend Beckwith quote um, to the point where he says that you can't light up the world unless you can pay your light bill. And uh, that to me is basically translates into self-responsibility is that you have to invest in yourself and in your, your holy temple, right? We don't, we don't refer to the body as like the garbage dumpster or, (laughs) uh, you know, something like that. Unfortunately, so much, so many of us treat our, our holy temple as such. And it's no wonder why, um, we lose our mental faculties. We, we, um, lose the the sensitivity to our emotional slash spiritual awareness. And that's what happened to me too about living foods. And that is the one thing about a raw vegan or vegetarian lifestyle that I really continue to come back to is that I've never ever in my life ever seen anything shift a human being in such a hurry and in such grace as this lifestyle, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, I've done all the, the success audio tapes, like all the Tony Robbins Audiomobile University tapes. I've done all the supplements and all that. And none of that can scratch the surface of what lightening up the physical body does for every area of my, my awareness.
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I believe you have to, I'm, I'm going to reiterate that. I believe that's an, it, that it's important that we do all of it, because I want to be honest, I know some people who are raw foodists who are yes. not conscious.
0: I, the, yeah, I want to I concur with that, too. You know, <laughs> And I
1: know some people who eat meat, who are the most amazing, beautiful, loving people I've ever met. Very true. And I believe it. It's really all of it. I mean, you know, some people are in this raw food uh, world just to profit. They yes. aren't thinking about the individuals. They just want to profit. Oh, that's a good market to be in, mm-hmm. and that's how they look at it. No judgment. Yet I know my reason for ha- adding more raw living foods to my life. And right now, I'm I think I'm fifty six 56 days one hundred percent raw. Mm-hmm. And I and and once in a while I'll eat cooked vegan. Yet I will go stents of just raw. And the reason I do this is because my body loves it and I can feel the difference when I'm hundred percent raw versus I feel the difference between hundred percent raw vegan and cooked vegan. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what people feel, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. were to add meat or dairy or anything. I, I, my, I don't even know, you know, I haven't had beef since I was 19 years old. I haven't had pork since I was 13. And within the past 10 years is when I gave up poultry. And then I remember I was doing my I'm Keeping True program. I gave up fish. That was the last thing I was eating was fish. And I remember saying to myself, I heard a voice say to me, you tell people you're vegetarian. And you say, I'm vegetarian, but I eat fish. Mm -hmm. But you really aren't vegetarian. Because a true vegetarian, because initially the word vegetarian meant you had no animal products, no dairy, no nothing. Then people started adding, I eat fish, I eat eggs, I eat this. And then they had to come up with the word vegan. But a true vegetarian doesn't eat fish. I remember that voice in my head saying that. Mm. And I gave it up for 47 days and I never went back. Never went back. And a lot of people who do my program don't go back. And um, it was just a very powerful time for me. And I have to say, I'm from the islands. I'm from Jamaica. So I loved, there's a, there's this wonderful fish we make in Jamaica. It's a seasoning that we use on fish, and it's called escoviche. We escoviche the fish, and it's with peppers and vinegar. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I didn't love eating that. I'm just saying I don't eat it. I choose not to anymore. Mm-hmm. You're no longer attracted to it. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I I learned this from Koya Webb. It's really the seasoning that we put on it that we love so much, you know. Isn't that true? Yeah. So I um so I really believe that this is the best way for me to live my life and those who are interested, I'm an ask. I, I share, you know, even my family is finally adapting to me in a way that, you know, when I come home, I get to make the fruit salad. (laughs) Because they think that's all we eat. Or, you know, I get to make the salad for dinner. They're like, you make the salad. Okay, I'll make the salad. Where years ago, they're like, why? I I remember my mother saying, why must you be so extreme, child? (laughs) I remember her saying that to me. And um, my mother's passed since then. But unfortunately, she passed from um, coronary heart Mm. disease, but it wasn't, it, she had changed her eating. Um, it was actually from mouth surgery and they didn't, um, they didn't, they didn't not treat her gums and, and she ended up passing from that. But I, but she'd heard me, you know, and she had worked on changing her the way she was eating. And, and I just know that it, for me, it's the best life I can live. Mm. And if I don't have to eat flesh to live, then why, why bother eating it? You know, I don't need it to live.
0: That's a, that's a beautiful question for everyone to ask, and I definitely have opened up to, um, to the interpretation of each person's divine uniqueness. That it's not my role or responsibility to choose a path for anyone. I just want to encourage people to exercise heightened awareness um, to know what your options are, because a lot of people don't actually know what they're the menu board of the universe is they don't really know that there's all these different options that they can experiment with and then feel how it feels in your unique body and and work with the process opposed to a diet idea which is to basically deprive yourself of everything and then you know adopt a few habits as if that's the thing that's going to shift you hmm. Mm-hmm. and um you know as we're as we're Approaching the conclusion of this, um, one thing that I I get from you speaking about um, all of this is that it's not even so much that, uh, or let me rephrase that, it's it's more about paying attention to what you're attracted to.
1: Is that? Mm, I don't know. What I'm attract. I mean, I'm attracted to a lot of things, but I don't. Need to there, think.
0: There's, a, yeah, I, I suppose no. there's there's a uh-uh. number of things to unpack in a statement like that. I guess what I mean is that um, a lot of times our mind will get in the way and tell us what is good for us, and oftentimes we we confuse ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you had brought up a, a few times about things that had shown up in your your life and um, had kind of pulled you in a new direction. Yeah,
1: yeah, the the but i want to say that new direction came from a foundation right and that foundation was serving i believe okay. serving is the 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 highest form of glorifying our creator by serving humanity by serving and as i served whether i was volunteering in children's church with unity or running the teen ministry at agape which is basically volunteering because I still volunteer in my spiritual community. Um, that is what opened me up to new paths mm. and then saying yes. And, and also I was a makeup artist for 27 years. So I talked to people day in day out. I told people about their magnificence. It was just I was talking to them about their physical beauty, their physical magnificence. Now I get to talk about their inner beauty, their inner magnificence. And I get to talk about all of it now. And I want to say that my life is greater because I've served. I'm a, mm-hmm. I believe in service. I believe in serving. There are things that I do that I could get paid a lot of money for, and I, I don't, I, I don't. I don't charge for it. I give it. I serve with it. And then there's things that I, I get paid for, you know. But I do believe that service actually brought me into this greater arena. I couldn't have planned this out. This this was just far vast, far bigger than I could even imagine, the life that I'm living right now. And I'm not living the wealthiest life. But I have to say, I am so in love with who I am as a woman, as a sister, as a daughter, um, as an aunt, as a teacher, as a Jamaican woman, as a woman of African descent, I embrace all of it. And I believe that um, I did a sermon on March 6th at Agape, and it spoke into You Are Answered Prayer. And my prayer is that I am the answered prayer for someone, that I get to serve in such a way that their life is better because I exist.
0: Mm. Wow. Uh, there's one more question I want to ask before I, um, ask you to do one thing for all of us that are, that are a part of this conversation. Um, it's kind of an interesting question, but I think you're overly qualified to answer this. Um, I want to know, what do you think is the fountain of youth?
1: The fountain of youth. Very interesting. Okay. So this is it's, <laughs> it's actually a great question. I work with teenagers, and I, I have two ministries. Well, I have three, actually. I have the teen ministry, 14 through 19-year-olds. I have Odyssey, the young adults ministry, which is 20 through 30-year-olds. And then I have the young women's mentoring program. And also at my treatment center, one of my youngest houses started eight, starts at 18, and they run from 18 to about 23, 24 I'm always around young people, so I believe that being around young people keeps me young, and I also believe how I eat and honor my body temple keeps me young. Hmm.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. That, that question comes from a perspective of me, who I've studied ancient alchemical texts and and really all that amazing, nuanced stuff, but. I've really felt into, you know, the longest living people in the world and 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 actually just looking at them very innocently and noticing like, wow, okay, they have these commonalities. They live on the land. They eat food from the land. They drink water from the land. Exactly. And they also are in community.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Community is fantastic. So I'm in communities all the time. So that's a definite part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm in a vast community. I'm at Agape. I have people of all backgrounds, all cultures, ethnicities, spiritual understandings. We have people who are Buddhists. We have Muslims. We have, they call themselves recovering Catholics. We have Christians. <laughs> we have so many different types of people. Yet community is enormous because we're communal beings. We're communal beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And with that said, I would love for you to launch us off with a special intentional prayer for for all of us moving forward in our lives.
1: Mm. Wow. So the intention for the prayer is to support others in moving forward in their life. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Mm. And so in this very moment, how grateful I am to pause. To acknowledge that there's a presence and a power that is greater than ourselves, call it what you will, God, higher power, spirit, ultimate intelligence, divine wisdom, universe, force, whatever it is you call this higher power, it is active. It is active as life. It is life. It is my life. It is the life of Ronnie. It is the life of every individual on this planet every blade of grass every grain of sand every creature of the ocean it is the it is the ultimate life force it is everywhere and knowing that i know that each individual is here to expand into their magnificence and so i claim in this very moment as you hear my voice there is an expansion that is happening from within your only own being to a greater greater way of being to a Greater way of knowing, to a greater understanding. There is a call that is happening within each one of us saying, You are magnificent and you are glorious. Express it into the world. And so I claim in this moment that there's a dynamic yes in all of us saying yes to a greater life, saying yes to our own expansion, saying yes to our own magnificence. For as we stand in that yes, we glorify our Creator all of us creations, created to create. And so as we leave this call tonight, may we leave it going forward, moving forward into a greater way of being. May we, be, may we be catapulted into our greater selves. That is my prayer. I bless every individual knowing that your life is absolutely necessary, knowing that you are needed, and that the universe called you forth so that you could be a beneficial presence on the planet. I release this prayer with gratitude and thanksgiving, knowing it is done, it is done, it is done. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Powerful. Thank you
0: so much for that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: with me. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And I'm just knowing that as we leave this call, we leave blessed and we leave the call, the blessing. We are the blessing. Mm. And do you have a website that people can check out? You know, I do have a website. We're in constant expansion. It's very basic. Yet it's um it's revarlenehilton.com. Okay. RevArleneHilton.com. And that's Hilton with a Y, H Y L T O N.
0: Mmm. Great. Okay, well. Wow.
1: So I I think this is correct, Mahalo?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mahalo. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. in Hawaiian. Mahalo. Yes. It was my pleasure. Oh, yeah. So fantastic. Um, Thank you. And for everybody listening, thank you all for listening. Obviously, if you're still listening, then you are digging this interview. And uh, I, I just won't take the time to express just my gratitude right now. Just it's clear and obvious, I feel. And For all of you that were listening, my constant encouragement after any of these conversations is to pay attention to the insights or impulses that arise through you when you're listening to that. We call that a resonance. Pay attention to what resonates for you and then put the magnifying glass on that because there's something inside of you that is resonating with any of the guests that are on the show. Something they're saying or conveying is speaking within you. And I really encourage you guys to explore that. See what that is. Listen to this over and over as many times as it feels good and take everything you can out of it and then take action and move forward in your life. So with that said, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you on the next episode. Aloha.
1: Aloha.